It has been a long time since Notre Dame has had a receiver room loaded with playmakers like Golden Tate and Michael Floyd. But could that all change under Chansey Stuckey? That's next. You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to Locked On Irish. It is Wednesday, June 28th, and thank you for making this your first listen of the day. As always, you can watch along on YouTube or listen on your preferred podcast platform. Whether you're watching or listening, I appreciate you tuning in today. But before we get going here, this is your reminder to please subscribe to the show and rate and review the pod if you're feeling generous today. My name is Tyler Wojak and I'm the host. I graduated from Notre Dame in 2018 and have been podcasting about the football team since 2020. I'm also a producer for college football talent at the Fox Sports headquarters in Los Angeles. And in today's episode, I'm going to talk a lot about the Notre Dame wide receiving core by looking at the recent recruiting hits and misses that led us to the depth chart, at least as I projected today. Then I'll make some projections for how well I think the group will perform in 2023 before I look ahead to the future of the room based on who Notre Dame currently has committed in the class of 2024 and how well I think some of these young guys currently on the roster, will develop. I did this exercise with the quarterbacks and running backs already, so if you haven't listened to those episodes yet, want to check them out. They're already on the feed and they're easy to find. I'll continue doing these for each position group on the roster until we get closer to fall camp because I think it's a good way to sort of dive deep into the makeup of the roster and pick up on any trends, either good or bad, for each position. So let's start by looking back at receiver recruiting. We'll start in 2019. So this was obviously under former Notre Dame wide receiver coach Dell Alexander, who uh, wasn't necessarily known uh, for his recruiting chops, let's just say. But let's go through it. So in 2019, the two re- receiver commits that Notre Dame had in the class were Kendall Abdurrahman and Cam Hart. Uh, Abdurrahman was the number 530 player overall, and he was listed as an athlete. He appeared in one game in two years at Notre Dame and then ultimately transferred to Western Kentucky in 2021. Um, then there was Cam Hart, who was a hit at Notre Dame as a player, but he moved to cornerback during his freshman season, so he was not a hit at wide receiver. So 0 for 2 in 2019. Then we get to 2020. And this class was the Jordan Johnson class. It was also the Jay Burnell class, but he wasn't around Notre Dame for very long either. He was pretty lowly ranked recruit. Uh, He was the number 122 ranked wide receiver in the class. He transferred to Yale, and he barely saw any action there either. So I don't know why he was a take at Notre Dame. But let's go back to Jordan Johnson for a second. The disconnect between fans and coaches was never more apparent than it was with Jordan Johnson. I remember when Johnson was at Notre Dame, Every message board you could, every single thread was about Jordan Johnson. Why wasn't he getting more playing time at Notre Dame? And meanwhile, you kind of heard rumblings that the coaching staff just didn't really think he could play that much once he got onto campus. And you know what? The coaches were right, okay? Johnson ended up transferring to UCF. He didn't record a single catch during his time there. And then he's in the portal again today, and he still doesn't have a home, uh, as I understand it today. So, For all of you fans out there who complain about guys who aren't getting enough playing time, sometimes the coaches who are with these players more than their own families, who see them practice every day, who watch the film and know them way better than you or I do, sometimes they're right. And sometimes there's a reason why they don't play. And that's exactly the case with Jordan Johnson. Unfortunately, uh, Johnson was a very highly rated prospect. So I understand why fans were excited about him, but he was just a giant miss, not just on Notre Dame's evaluation, but really all the recruiting services out there and all the teams that were looking at him. Like he was getting offers from Alabama, you know, all the big time programs in college football, and he just wasn't a good player. 
That same year, Notre Dame did add Ben Skronik in the transfer portal, and he's one of the more underrated uh, transfers that Notre Dame has added in the portal era. He's actually carved out a much better NFL career for himself with the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Certainly a much better one than I would have anticipated. I thought he was a good player in 2020, was certainly helpful to that team. They needed another receiver, especially a veteran one. He was great for that team, but I never in a million years would have imagined he'd have the career in the NFL that he's having today. So honestly, good for him for proving the doubters wrong, myself being one of those doubters. So not a great recruiting class, but at least they got Skoranek in the portals, who I guess is kind of in that class, but he was only around for one season. Then we get to 2021, and this group was considered a huge bounce back for Dell Alexander at the time and basically saved his job, at least temporarily. Um, that year, Notre Dame signed Dion Colsey, Lorenzo Styles, and Jane Thomas. Colsey was a fringe top 100 prospect, and Notre Dame got him right out of Georgia's backyard in Athens, Georgia. That was a big-time get for Notre Dame, as was Lorenzo Styles. He was another great pull. Styles was the number 20 receiver in the class, and Notre Dame was able to get him over Ohio State. He went to Pickerington, Pickerington Central High School in Ohio, which is a very good high school program, not far from Columbus. So this was great for Notre Dame to get him. Obviously, Lorenzo Styles' dad ended up at Ohio, or excuse me, went to Ohio State. But then we all know what happened with Styles. He ended up at Ohio State, uh, despite having a great second half to his freshman season as a wide receiver. He really just kind of fell off a cliff uh, during his sophomore season at wide receiver. He just did not live up to the hype at all and did not develop as a lot of us had hoped. And then you know what happens this spring. They move him to cornerback, and then he just decides right before the blue and gold game, hey, I'm out. I'm going to Ohio State. I don't know how well he's going to do there. I was surprised uh, that he transferred at the time that he did. But you know what? It's modern college football. It happens, and it just didn't seem like Lorenzo Styles was a good fit culturally with the Notre Dame football program anymore. So Jaden Thomas, who is the lowest-rated recruit of the trio, ended up being the best player at Notre Dame so far. Okay, Thomas is clearly positioned to have the best career at Notre Dame of any of these three, but he was only ranked 326 overall. He was the 51st receiver in the class, but now he's wide receiver one at Notre Dame. But more on him in segment two. So then we get to the class of 2022, and this is the class that did Dell Alexander. And he only signed one wide receiver in 2022 when he needed to sign like four or five to make up for all the misses in previous years. And Merriweather is a really good prospect, or really good player, and was a really good prospect. He was the number 121 player overall in the class, number 18 wide receivers, and he could be a very good player at Notre Dame, but he only had one catch this freshman season. But as I remind fans all the time, he was about to start during that Clemson game, and we were about to see a lot more of him uh, at the end of his freshman season, but unfortunately he suffered a very, very severe concussion. So hopefully he's able to avoid those in the future because I think he has a lot of potential at Notre Dame. But as for this class, it was a tough break for Dell Alexander because he also had a commitment from C.J. Williams, who was a top 10 wide receiver in the class. He was committed to Notre Dame for a long time, but ended up at USC, which is in his hometown. Williams went to modern day, you know, one of the biggest programs out here in Los Angeles. So that wasn't too surprising. Um, but then he ended up transferring to Wisconsin after his freshman year. So maybe he isn't uh, the type of player that we thought he could be at uh, at Notre Dame at one point when he was committed. Then there was a Morion Walker, which was a really weird commitment because he was committed to Notre Dame for a long time, but he loved the recruiting process. I don't know if there's a record for most official visits taken by a committed player, like I think Walker broke it. He went on every single official visit he could, and there are always rumors that he might flip, but then he said, no, I'm going to stay at Notre Dame. And he actually told the Notre Dame coaching staff on signing day that he was going to commit to Notre Dame, even though he was already committed and then had a whole signing day thing with different hats out. He ended up flipping to Michigan. Okay, that sucks for Dell Alexander. He, I'm sure he tried really hard to maintain that commitment. Walker ends up going to Michigan, and now he's actually getting reps at cornerback. So who even knows if he would have been a hit at wide receiver at Notre Dame. So look, I know 
that these are unfortunate circumstances for Dell, but the results are what they are. His misses in this class in 2022 played a big part in why he was not retained once Marcus Freeman was elevated to become the head coach at Notre Dame. And I wonder if, you know, Dell Alexander getting fired or not retained, I wonder if that gave him some more time to resolve his very public dispute uh, with the Nationwide, I think it was, some insurance company. If you ever have some time, Go look at Dell Alexander's uh, Twitter profile. It's still there. All of his tweets are still there. And he used to go at Nationwide all the time. And it was a joke with Luke Smith and I. Just so weird that that's the platform he decided to use and make these complaints. But seriously, they're hilarious. Go go take a look at him. I don't even know where he's coaching anymore. Um, I think it's at Georgia Tech. Or maybe it was there with Chip Long for a little bit. But honestly, once Dell Alexander left Notre Dame, he was sort of out of sight, out of mind for me because he didn't bring a whole lot of joy to Notre Dame fans while he was at Notre Dame. So... Then we get to Chancey Stuckey, okay? He was hired away from Baylor following the 2021 season, and I will never forget the message boards at the time. They were in an uproar because they had never heard of Chancey Stuckey before, and everybody decided they wanted Jamarcus Shepard, a guy whose name they probably didn't even know of the week before. Someone at another site who covers Notre Dame decided that he that Shepard would be a home run hire uh, for the receivers coach position at Notre Dame. So every fan just assumed that he was great. So when Notre Dame didn't get him, Shepard, uh, I think, ended up at Washington. Uh, yeah, he's at Washington now. And Notre Dame ended up getting Chancey Sucky, and everyone was pissed. And look, I understand that he didn't have a ton of experience. But then once he got to Notre Dame, you start hearing all these great things from Dabo Sweeney, Dave Aranda, the coach at Baylor. The team that he left was just heaping praise on Chancey Sucky. So I was like, okay, maybe Notre Dame's got something here. And then what did he do? He signed a truly elite receiver class in his first ever recruiting class as the wide receiver coach at Notre Dame. He immediately overhauled the entire room. He signed three four-star prospects and then one three-star. And three of those players were from Texas, not necessarily a breeding ground for Notre Dame recruiting in recent years, and then one from California. So let's go through the three from Texas. Braylon James, the number 22 wide receiver in the class. Jaden Greathouse, from Texas, number 23, wide receiver in the class, and one of the most accomplished high school players in the history of Texas football. And then they also added K.K. Smith, who was uh, slightly lower rated than the rest. He was actually outside the top 500, but he's extremely fast. They were able to get him away from Texas Tech, and he could surprise some people. Then they added Rico Flores, who was the number 31 wide receiver in the class from California, and those are four guys. And Chancey Stuckey's already said that they have hit on three of them, all three who have early enrolled at Notre Dame, those three being James, Great House, and then Rico Flores. They also added grad transfer Caleb Smith. I feel like I have to add him because Chancey Sucky did get him to Notre Dame. He uh, went to Virginia Tech and was Virginia Tech's best receiver last season. So you're thinking, oh, wow, it's great to add um, a receiver in the room with some experience, a guy who's done it before at the Power 5 level. And then he decided to quit football entirely during spring practice, in part because he was already buried on the depth chart by these freshmen who I just mentioned were on campus for spring practice. That should tell you about how talented these freshmen are if a guy who is already wide receiver one at a Power 5 team, albeit an absolutely terrible team last year uh, over there in Blacksburg, he was like, you know what, I'm not doing this. I'm not transferring to do my sort of one-and-done season in college football and not, and not really play at all. So my takeaways here are that 
Notre Dame didn't hit on a single wide receiver prospect in 2019 or 2020, and they only hit on one of three in 2021 at this point in time. I'm still holding out hope on Dean Colsey. He's not a hit right now. I would consider Thomas a hit up at this point. Um, but hopefully his second half in 2022, Colsey I'm referring to, will be the push he needs to really make a name for himself in 2023. During this five-year span, Notre Dame only picked up one wide receiver in the top 100 players nationally, and it was Jordan Johnson, who just was... He made history for all the wrong reasons at Notre Dame. Maybe one of the biggest misses of all time by everyone I just mentioned earlier. So the good news is that what Chancey Stuckey has done already, and he hasn't even been around for two years, has really changed the way that I look at the receiver room and how I think the rest of the people who you know watch and cover college football will look at the Notre Dame wide receivers in 2023. The current wide receiver depth chart is in much better shape than it was a year ago and that should lead to a much more improved offense in 2023 and I'll break it down after this. Baseball season is in full swing and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. Yesterday, I said to bet on my Cleveland Guardians to take two out of three in their series against Kansas City Royals. The Atlanta Braves have been hot lately as well. At the time of this recording, I think they've hit five homers in this game that's going on right now. So I would take... Ronald Acuna Jr. to hit a home run in tonight's game against the Twins. Don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Thanks again for making Lockdown Irish your first listen of the day. Now let's take a look at the projected depth chart for the receiving core in 2023. So right now the starters are looking like Deion Colsey at the X, Tobias Merriweather at the Z, and then Jaden Thomas at the F or the slot, okay? So the thing about Notre Dame under Chancey Sucky is they like to move guys around. So even though this is like the starting three as I see it now, even though Jane Thomas is in the slot, like he could definitely play the Z at different points depending on the personnel package there and all that. But these are the three starters right now, I believe. Behind them, you've got Chris Tyree in the slot uh, or Jaden Greathouse, the true freshman. I don't really know. I think that's going to be an or on the depth chart. Uh, at least it is today, and we'll see how it shakes out after fall camp. Then you've got Matt Salerno, the six-year senior at the Z, or Rico Flores, the true freshman. There's going to be a competition there, I believe. And then the backup X is Braylon James, but that's probably misleading. I think if you look at the receivers in totality, like who's going to be the first one to come off the bench, I think that he's probably around 7th or 8th right now because he has a lot uh, of development to do at the college level, but I think he might have the highest ceiling of any of these guys, to be honest with you, because he's a freak athlete and he's just that fast and physically large. K.K. Smith, uh, we just don't know right now, okay? he he's I think he's on campus now doing summer workouts, but he wasn't around as an early enrollee. Like I said, he was a three-star prospect. He could be really good at Notre Dame. I'm not expecting to see a ton of him this season, but hey, he could be, prove me wrong. So simply put, this group consists of a bunch of mostly unproven veterans and talented but inexperienced underclassmen. From the outside looking in, I totally understand why people would think negatively of this group. But Elliot, uh, he recently called Notre Dame's wide receivers trash in 2022. It bothered a lot of fans, but was he that wrong? If you don't know what I'm talking about, he tweeted a clip. Um, someone posted a video of some of the sort of unorthodox drills that the Notre Dame wide receivers were doing in spring practice. It's sort of a, a staple of Chancey Stuck. He likes to put his receivers in sort of unique, maybe uncomfortable positions so that they're able to make plays when they're in those similar uncomfortable positions on the field. I understand it. Some people don't. I admit that the video, if you don't know any of the context, it does look kind of weird. So Bud Elliott quote tweeted it. 
And yeah, he said the Notre Dame receivers were trash. And all of these fans, you know, were getting up in arms. And look, I think it was harsh. Um, I was surprised to see that from Bud Elliott. But look, the numbers are what they are last year, and they were just not good, okay? The Notre Dame wide receivers combined for just 94 catches, 1,305 receiving yards, and 10 touchdowns last season. That's the worst level of production for a Notre Dame wide receiving core since 2007, which is arguably the worst Notre Dame team ever, like of all time. That's not good company to be in. You don't want to be affiliated with the 2007 Notre Dame Fighting Irish football team under any circumstance. That was like the Chernobyl of Notre Dame football. Never again, okay? So if you're getting comps with that 2007 team, it tells you that, hey, you were really bad. Okay, and look, I know that Drew Pine, some of the responsibility falls on him. He was not good. I've been over that many times on this podcast and the podcast I did previously to this Sons of Saturday Irish. Um, Yeah, Pine stunk last year. Okay, there were plenty of instances where guys were wide open. I remember the Stanford game. I was about to pull my hair out when Braden Lindsay seemed to be open in the end zone three times and Pine could just could not get them the ball. So he is partially responsible, but also Think back to how we were all talking about the receiver position going into last season. It was like how we talk about the safeties now. It was by far the biggest concern of all the fans, and it was a clear weak link on the roster. They barely had enough scholarship receivers to run through a practice. So when we all knew it was going to be bad, it ended up being bad, and maybe even worse than we what we expected because Avery Davis ended up missing the entire season after suffering an injury in fall camp. We can't go back and look at it retroactively and be like, no, they actually they actually didn't suck. No, they kind of sucked, okay? But that does not mean that they will suck in 2023. I have a lot of faith in Jayden Thomas. I think he's the safest bet of any of the Notre Dame wide receivers to have a big breakout season in 2023. He's got the experience. He looks the part physically. And we saw a brief glimpse of what the connection between him and Sam Hartman could be like in the spring game. He had 12 catches for 189 yards and a touchdown in the last four games of last season. It's good. It's not great. But I think a lot of that will be better. He has a better quarterback throwing him the ball. But honestly, if we're trying to think of like difference maker, college football level sort of offensive output, this group might just go as far as Tobias Merriweather takes them. That seems like a lot of pressure on him, especially considering he only had one catch last season. Albeit a pretty damn good catch. He had one catch for 41 yards and a touchdown. So he was efficient at the very least. But we've seen this kind of jump from a freshman to sophomore uh, from freshman season to sophomore season before. Think back to Aquinamese St. Brown. He also had one single catch in 2015, and his catch only went for eight yards. So Tobias Merriweather already has him there. But then in 2016, Aquinamese St. Brown was the clear number one wide receiver for Notre Dame. He finished that season with 58 catches for 961 yards and then nine touchdowns. That was a big, big season for him. And unfortunately, his production dipped quite a bit in 2017. But that's due in large part to the fact that Brandon Wimbush simply could not throw the ball. He was a running back playing quarterback. And unfortunately, Aquanimia St. Brown's production dipped. But I do remember reading some of the draft stuff on him uh, after he declared. And there was one scout, man, that was just so harsh on Wimbush. He was like, Aquanimia St. Brown, his production might have taken a dip, but his quarterback did him no favors getting him the ball. And it was like, oof, that's tough. But it's also partially true. Point being, we've seen this sort of jump before. Now, can Tobias be a repeat of that? I don't know, but I think he can be. So if you look at this group, Deion Colsey and Chris Tyree are the clear wild cards. I could see 
their season's going either way, basically. Like, if you had told me one or both of these guys had breakout seasons in 2023, I could see it. If you told me neither of them were really getting reps by the end of the season, I could see that too. Tyree switched positions. He's not a natural wide receiver. He's extremely fast. I think when he has the ball in space, he's very effective. And if he's got you beat around the edge, he's gone. Okay, we saw that sort of breakaway speed in that kickoff return against Wisconsin that sort of saved that season, arguably, and then that 98-yard touchdown run against Syracuse's freshman season. If he can get the ball in space, he can make plays. But also, it's not his position, and there's a lot of talented players in this room. And then you got Deion Colsey, who had a really impressive second half to the 2022 season, but his development has been anything but linear at Notre Dame. Like, you would think that he'd be able to build off that and be like, all right, it's going to be a launching point to a great 2023 season. And then the reports on him out of spring practice were just like, okay, you weren't hearing the things that you would hope for coming out of last season. So looking at this group as a whole, the real X factors might be the true freshmen. And look, I know the stigma that Notre Dame doesn't play freshman receivers. That's just not true. Like if they're ready to play, they will play. Look at Lorenzo Salas' freshman year, and we know that he ended up not even being that great of a wide receiver, but he was ready to play in 2021, and he had a great second half. Could Notre Dame have one or really two of these four guys, these true freshmen that I'm talking about, be consistent enough to play consistently by the Ohio State game? That would be huge for the depth of the room. I think if you're looking at the leading candidates for that, Jaden Greathouse is probably the most physically ready. He's also, he showed flashes in the spring game, but then again, it is just a spring game, so I could sort of play devil's advocate with myself there. Rico Flores also looks physically ready, but he has a big learning curve when it comes to the playbook. And as I was saying, Braylon James, he might have the highest ceiling, but he's got a long way to go in terms of learning all the technicalities of playing the wide receiver position at the college level. And K.K. Smith, I don't know. I'm not really banking on him having a big freshman season. So my guess is that Great House and Flores will step up and be able to give the Irish, let's say, 40 catches combined this season. I think that'd be pretty good. And that would go a long, long way for this group if guys like Tobias Merriweather and uh, Jane Thomas can develop in the way that a lot of us are hoping for. I'm not sure if there's a 1,000-yard receiver in this group, at least not for the 2023 season. Like Certainly the true freshman could develop, but as it pertains to this upcoming season, I don't know if one of these guys are going to put up those kind of numbers, but I see a bunch of guys who have talent, and maybe they just need the right quarterback to throw them the ball because that's obviously very important all of this. This year, they have that, so there won't be any excuses anymore for this group. So these guys have to just go out and make plays on a week-to-week basis, and I think that they will. All right, coming up in segment three, what does the future look like for the wide receivers beyond 2023? Looking at Notre Dame's recruiting class in 2024, the Irish appear to be set at receiver. They currently have three guys committed, Cam Williams, who's the crown jewel of the class, Micah Gilbert, and Isaiah Canyon. Let's start with Cam Williams because he is just that good of a player. He's the number 34 player overall in the class, but somehow he's the number ninth ranked wide receiver. This is a loaded wide receiver class, and Cam Williams is one of the best players in this group. He's from Glenbard South High School, which is in the Chicago suburb, so getting a guy from Chicago is like of this caliber, you got to make it happen. He's like the Justin Scott of wide receivers, but I don't want to talk about Justin Scott today. I've done it a lot lately, especially in yesterday's episode. One thing that I really love about Williams, not only his talent, but he didn't flinch when Tommy Reese left to take the job at Alabama. Reese was an important part of his recruitment, but this is a guy who just really wants to go to Notre Dame. um, And that's really encouraging. And he's physically 
I wouldn't say he's elite at any one thing, but he's just really good at everything. And that's great for Notre Dame. You want a really polished, versatile receiver. That's something that Chancey Stuckey likes. He likes to be able to move guys around so they're not just stuck. They're not confined to just the slot. Or they're not just confined to the boundary receiver. Like the, He wants guys that can move around, and that can confuse defenses and create mismatches for the offense. Then you've got Micah Gilbert. He's the number 39-ranked receiver in this class. He's a little bit bigger. He's 6'3", 203. And then right behind him is Isaiah Canyon. He's the 41st-ranked receiver in this class, but I think he's going to move up in the rankings. If you look at some of the schools that are after him, still despite the fact that he's committed to Notre Dame, uh, a lot of the big-time Southern programs are after him. He's from Georgia, and Notre Dame is going to have to probably work all the way up until signing day to make sure that he stays committed in this class. But when you look at this trio and you pair them with the four from the previous class, that is a special, special group of young receivers in Notre Dame is, has to thank Chancey Stuckey. He has been absolutely instrumental in sort of revamping the room, and it starts on the recruiting trail for him, and he has done a phenomenal job since he accepted the job at Notre Dame. Will all of these guys hit? I mean, almost certainly not. And also, some of these might hit in terms of skill set, but then they could leave. It's modern college football. You you get it. Like, Notre Dame, you know, one of these guys could go to Notre Dame. They could prove to be a really talented wide receiver, and then they could end up leaving for a multitude of reasons. But the good thing is that Notre Dame is getting guys in numbers. They got four in the previous class, three in this year, and that is a big change of pace from what Dell Alexander was doing previously when he was the wide receivers coach at Notre Dame, where they were basically getting one, hopefully two, and then those two probably didn't even hit um, as it did many times before. We don't have to rehash that. We're looking ahead. All right, we're not looking behind. We're looking at the future, and the future for Notre Dame wide receivers is bright. My takeaways here are like any wide receiver class, their development is going to be tied directly to the development of Notre Dame's quarterbacks, which is obvious, right? Like the receiver position, if they're really good, they could help out a bad quarterback. But if the receivers are really bad, that could hurt a really good quarterback. And I think that there's definitely some questions as to who is going to be throwing these guys the ball in the future. Is it going to be Steve Angeli? Is it going to be Kenny Minchie? Is Notre Dame going to add another grad transfer like they've done with Sam Hardman and Jack Cohn? And then there's obviously C.J. Carr, who's in the class of 2024. Will he live up to the hype? Obviously, you hope that he will. But as I've said many times before in this podcast, you really just don't know. Even though I think C.J. Carr is everything you want and has the tools to be a really successful college quarterback, you look at the top quarterbacks every single year, and there's guys who everyone thinks are going to be a slam dunk once they get to college, and they just don't hit for whatever reason. I don't think that's going to be the case with Carr, but it could happen, so Notre Dame has to have options back there at quarterback. So... All of these things will impact the development of the young receivers on the roster and the guys in the class of 2024. And look, Chancey Stuckey hasn't even been on the job for two full years, and he's clearly revamped the room. It's really exciting to think about what he could do if he were around for you know, the next five years. But how likely is that, really? Not really. I mean, we know that this past offseason, he was getting some NFL interest. He obviously decided to stay at Notre Dame, and that's great to hear for Notre Dame. When Notre Dame hired him, uh, it came out that they asked him, you know, where do you see yourself in five years? And he said, as the receivers coach at Notre Dame, leading them or, you know, being a part of a national championship team. Of course, that's what he's going to say in the interview. Does he actually mean it? I guess time will tell, okay? But when you have a receiver coach who's this talented, every single offseason, there's going to be big time programs. There's going to be NFL teams potentially looking uh, to poach him. That's just the nature of the business. That's what happens. Coaches leave, and then those schools who are trying to replace those coaches, they go the best ones out there, the proven commodities. And Chancey Stuckey at this point, even though he's pretty young in the coaching realm, he's done a great job at Notre Dame, and he's going to have a lot of interest every single offseason. What does he want to do? I don't know. Does he want to go to the NFL? I sort of just assume that guys with NFL experience like Chancey Stuckey has as a player, 
I just assume that if it's the right situation, the right fit, that any assistant coach is going to go from college to the NFL just because they don't have to deal with recruiting and all the other BS that comes with being a college football coach in the modern era. Okay, like I, you ask any assistant coach right now, is the job easier in college or the NFL? They're going to say the NFL because at least there's security and at least there's structure, whereas like college football is kind of the wild, wild west. But I don't know. Maybe Chancey Stuckey doesn't want to go to the NFL. Maybe he enjoys being in college. Maybe he enjoys being at Notre Dame. Maybe he wants to stick around for a while. It, obviously, I'm rooting for that to happen, but we just don't know. Maybe he wants to become an offensive coordinator one day. Does he help himself? Does he further his career? And does he get closer to that goal by just being a wide receivers coach at Notre Dame? Frankly, I don't, I don't think so. But there's also a situation where maybe he just wants to become the next Tony Alford, who is very content being the running backs coach and the associate head coach at Ohio State and every year churning out awesome running backs at a school that likes to run the ball. And I think Tony Alford now has recruited and developed six different guys who eventually became 1,000-yard rushers. If Chancey Stuckey's sixth round at Notre Dame, I think he could do a similar thing with the Notre Dame wide receivers we just don't know. And it's probably something that we're going to revisit every single offseason because he's just that good. But as long as he's around... We should be grateful as fans to have him because if Stucky sticks around long enough to continue to recruit and continue to develop, Notre Dame's wide receivers could become a strength of the team as it was when guys like Jeff Samarja, Maurice Stovall, Raymond McKnight, Golden Tate, Michael Floyd, TJ Jones, Tavares Daniels, Will Fuller, and Chase Claypool ran through that tunnel, just to name a few. That's going to do it for me today. Thanks again for making this your first listen of the day. For the everyday listeners out there, be sure to tune in to tomorrow's episode. Right now, the plan is to have Lockdown's national recruiting analyst, Brian Smith, back on the show, so you won't want to miss that. But on the way out, this is your reminder to subscribe to the show on YouTube or wherever you're listening to the podcast, and give us a follow on Twitter, at Lockdown Irish, on Instagram, at Lockdown Irish Pod, and my personal Twitter account, at Tyler, W-O-J-C-I-A-K. I'll see you guys tomorrow.